Welcome back to our High Five, where we're gonna highlight five awesome things that are happening in the life of our church. So let's jump into it. Up at number five, we're celebrating Christmas at all of our outposts. This weekend was a blast. Whether you were with us online or in person, high five to worshiping Jesus together. Up at number four, our ladies small group, along with our Stitches from the Heart small group, gave out over 250 winter scarves and hand warmers to people from under-resourced communities. Over 70 of the scarves were handmade by several members of these groups. High five, you guys, to sharing God's love like this. Up at number three, in November, our outpost collected food in partnership with local organizations who help provide everything needed for Thanksgiving dinners. In December, we collected over 500 gift cards to distribute to our local partners who will then give them to families in need. A huge high five goes out to everyone who helped make this holiday season special for so many families. In at number two, all of our One Church outposts are celebrating the baptisms from this past Christmas weekend. As people experience the presence of God, they were moved to declare that there is new life in Christ, and that calls for a huge high five today. And finally, up at number one, from all of us here at One Church, we're wishing you a happy new year. As we continue to pray for one person to share God's love with every day, who is God laying on your heart? Don't ignore this call. Be empowered to continue praying faithfully for them and be listening to what God would have you do next. He loves to answer this prayer and we're so excited to see how he continues to change lives this year. Thanks for joining us for our high five and I can't wait to celebrate with you in the next one. So since I coordinated with Theus on what number to talk about, or discuss with our Christmas services, it has since been updated. I've been updated now on what the number is closer, and it was closer to about 10,000 people were able to attend the Christmas services. So big woohoo for that right there. But now Christmas is over, and the new year has begun, and with that I wish you a happy new year. Happy yes, happy new year indeed, but is it? Humbug. Yeah. <laughs> Humbug. <laughs> Right, because Happy New Year, we say that, but sometimes the new year can bring about different feelings. Maybe the year we just left behind us can bring about different feelings as well. So when you hear the new year, some people get really excited because the new year could be new beginnings. New Year's, it's a chance to start fresh. It's a clean slate. Maybe we think that this is going to be our year. There's a lot to look forward to in the new year. Maybe you love celebrating New Year's Eve. All, you know, you stay up and, until right when the ball drops, and then that is why you are now at an evening church service. <laughs> instead. So there's that. You could love New Year's, but then also the idea of a new year can be a little bit daunting. Maybe there's some things in life that are coming up this year and we're not quite sure how we feel, all these different emotions. Maybe there's a, a milestone birthday that's coming up. Maybe you're, this is your last year in, in college or maybe last year in high school and everyone asking, so what's next is starting to get a little bit old. Now, maybe you could, there could be a new job on the horizon. Maybe there's a kid on the way. Maybe there's a kid moving out of the house, which might involve all sorts of other emotions, too. Maybe that's a cause to celebrate. I'll leave you to that on your own there. But really, one thing that I wonder if most of us might have in common when it comes to the new year and feeling 
maybe some dread, maybe some worry, some anxiety would be the New Year's resolution. Anyone already have a New Year's resolution? Like, okay, we're already up, you started, you woke up, you're good to go. There is some worry there. There's a little bit of anxiety with the New Year's resolution because we are kind of wondering in the back of our minds, okay, when am I going to break this? Maybe it's something you wanted to give up. Maybe it's something that you want to do instead or, or, or do better. But we're all kind of wondering, like, ah, oh, can I keep this up? I don't know. Like, maybe you gave up sugar this year. Maybe you're like, no, I want to be done with sugar. I don't want to eat or drink as much sugar. But this morning, there's about 50 different Dunkin' Donuts on your way to wherever you're going because we live in New England. And you got the app. And the app remembers your order from yesterday, and it would just be so easy just to click it and pick it up. It's right, it's right there. It's right there. Maybe instead you wanted to work on maybe not showcasing anger so much. Maybe that was a New Year's resolution. And then as you're driving around today, you know, there's people that are still kind of waking up throughout the day. So they, maybe they cut you off. And again, since we live in New England, it most likely happened that someone cut you off while you were driving around the road. And, and you don't want to honk at them in an angry way. You just want to honk to let them know that you saw them that they did something that you weren't too thrilled about. Overall, we are emotional people, meaning that we experience a wide range of emotions. We have the, all these different feelings as, as we start a new year, but also every single day, we can be feeling a wide range of emotions. And it's because of that we are starting off the new year with a series we're calling To Be Continued to be continued. Because sometimes certain things happen. Sometimes there, there's events or we start feeling emotion maybe more regularly or in a different way or, or we just, it's a brand new emotion and we're like, oh, what's that all about? And then all of a sudden we think that we are being defined by that emotion or defined by that event and it's now our identity. But the truth is that God has so much going on around us. He is working in us. He is moving amongst us. He never gives up on us. He's never stopped working. His, who we are in him, our lives are to be continued. And with this, with this new series, as always, we have a memory verse to go along with it. This time around, it is in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. And it's really short, so I think we can memorize this during this sermon series. And please read this along with me so we can hear God's words coming out of our mouths. And it says this. Here we go. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. All right, right there. It's an encouragement. Wisdom. Now, God's wisdom is available to us. We might be sitting here tonight being like wise, like, ooh, I'm not sure. Like, I wouldn't describe myself as wise, but luckily God's wisdom is available to us. In James chapter 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We can ask God for wisdom, it is given to us, and then we get to go about our lives with the wisdom of God within us. The wisdom of God, like, wow. I don't know about you, but that sounds really peaceful. That sounds like something that I can get on board with, because then when we have the wisdom of God, that we are existing in that, it is in our hearts, it is on our minds, we then get to see more clearly that God is for us, not against us that his commands for us are blessings and not burdens, and then God is always working, and this work is to be continued. We can see that with his wisdom. Now, why talk about this now? 
I think we're seeing more and more that emotions are starting to become the enemy. Like, we, we, we don't want to feel emotions anymore. Like, oh, I, just feeling this way makes me so angry. And that's an emotion amongst itself. So then the spiral just kind of keeps on going and moving. We feel like emotions are becoming the enemy. We get mad at ourselves. We get frustrated with other people for experiencing emotions. So maybe as I talk about it more and I'm, I'm just kind of spiraling down, maybe these emotions that we're feeling are already the enemy. And that's no good. See, we associate this good and bad with certain emotions. This, this spiral been going on. We see them as the enemy. It's all getting tangled together. And now there's good emotions and bad emotions. And we just sometimes can't separate the two. And we, we've set them apart in our minds. But, you know, what's great is that we are emotional people. And then also, you know, we have an emotional God as well. Let's take back some of the meanings of these different emotions. For example, when I say the word jealousy, good or bad, jealousy, good or bad? Bad, right? We think of it as bad, right? We worship a jealous God, good or bad? Good, right, thank you. Right, it is, it is good because God doesn't want to share us with everything else that we're, we might be putting over him. But then we take this emotion, for example, jealousy, we take that and then it starts to get a little tangled up. The emotion in itself is not bad, but then how we can express it can be unhelpful. How we express it can be unhealthy. How we interact with it. How we express that emotion in ourselves and to others. We start to see emotions as the enemy. So we're going to be going through these, certain, these different emotions throughout this series and we can ask, what am I feeling? Really unpack it. What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then, God, what do you want me to do about it? We want to understand some of these emotions and why we are feeling them. Understand them. Because sometimes our reaction, you know, as it's all getting tangled together and we see it as the enemy, our, our sort of go-to reaction to just deal with it really quickly is like, oh, I, just, I just don't want to feel these emotions anymore. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of being angry, of feeling anxious, of feeling fear. I'm just tired of it. I don't want to feel emotions anymore. I don't want to feel any emotion, which is also a problem. Also can be unhealthy, even that response. So instead of that, let's work together to bring what we are feeling to God. Let's bring what we're feeling to God so that he is then Lord over it, and we get to seek him in whatever emotion we might be feeling. So to start things off this week, we're going to be looking at the emotion of anxiety. Anxiety. And even that word alone now causes us some anxiety. Maybe we kind of like sit back in our seat a little bit. It seems to be on the front lines of, of everything that we talk about with emotion. We see it a lot. I see it a lot with, with young kids nowadays, too. I used to work at a camp over on Newfound Lake, and a lot of the campers coming in and all our different programs were often struggling with anxiety. Not just the campers, but also the summer staff members, the college kids that would come in as well. They would be experiencing anxiety. I see it when I used to work at a school. These college students would be walking around with this, this sort of weight, this heavy article of clothing of anxiety around them. It's just something that really we drag on and it has truly become the enemy. But the thing is that sometimes anxiety that we feel 
can be the appropriate response. Like, if you're standing on a frozen lake and all of a sudden the ice starts cracking, like, yeah, you're going to feel some anxiety, and that's the appropriate response. For me, when I was a kid, I would always put off my work. I would always put off my homework, my projects, until the last possible moment. Like, it would be 6.30 in the morning. I had to leave school at 7, and I'd tell my parents, like, oh, I have a big project due, and they're like, when's it due? I'm like, uh, 30 minutes. Like, I would put that off, and then I would feel anxiety, and that's the appropriate response. There's this, this deadline, this imminent doom that I sort of felt, and anxiety, feeling anxious, would have been appropriate there. So let's talk about it. Let's define it. What, what is anxiety? What are we dealing with? Anxiety is feeling worry or nervousness or unease, typically about an imminent event or something with an, with an uncertain outcome. Ooh, something with an uncertain outcome. Well, that just sounds like the start of every day, <laughs> right? <laughs> we wake up in the morning and we can kind of have a plan of what's going to happen, but we're a little bit uncertain. Right, we, we, we are going to go to work, but maybe there's a problem with the car. Maybe there might be something that happens with the house. We might see someone that we don't anticipate seeing. There's all these different things that have an uncertain outcome when it comes to our daily life. And as we go through daily life, we have the, these emotions of, of anxiety at these different intensities. And the emotion itself is not the enemy. The emotion can serve a purpose. And then what are we going to do with it? How are we going to respond? Now, I do want to be very careful because anxiety disorders are a very real thing that people deal with. Very real thing. It's affected my family. It's affected my friends. Anxiety disorders are a very real thing. It's when those emotions just take over, that we are not able to respond unless we are being driven by these feelings of anxiety. They control us. We're not able to function in a daily uh, daily routine, daily interactions without this anxiety interfering. And there can be real help that can be sought out for that very real problem. I want to keep that in mind as we travel through this together. See, but sometimes with, with the situation, with I, what I would ever go through with, with my assignments and whatever, the anxiety there, like that was the appropriate response is a response to our current situation, then we can go from there, basically asking, like, okay, I'm going to present it with this, then what am I going to do about it? What's the plan that we're going to put into place? Realizing that we are experiencing the emotion, but acting in a way where we are not being defined by it or controlled by it, instead responding appropriately. And with that in mind, we can, we can propose this main idea, this, this sort of thesis that we'll be jumping through every single week that we're together. And for today, it's the idea of it is possible to feel anxious without being anxious. We can feel different emotions. We can feel anxiety. We can feel anxious, but that does not need to be our identity. When we are experiencing any daily emotion, we can feel the emotion without that being our identity or controlling us. And that is important because, you see, we react out of how we feel. We react out of how we feel. It's a reaction. It's a knee-jerk reaction. It's a gut reaction. All right, I'm feeling angry, so I'm going to react with anger. I'm going to react with being short. We're feeling anxious. We might react with just sort of not acting at all, sinking in, kind of shutting down. We react based on our emotion, and often those emotions can then snowball more and more and more 
until it seems too much to handle. So instead, let's take that emotion and let's explore it. Let's see, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? And then as we unpack that more and more and then we, we see that, we, we analyze it, we no longer have to just react. We can then respond because we respond out of who we are. Instead of reacting in this, in this endless loop, this chain reaction that might spiral down, let's respond out of who we are and who are we. We are children of God. Our identities are in Christ. Our identities are not in these emotions that we feel. And if we pursue that identity, fixate on the truth, then we can work on choosing how to respond rather than feeling like we have to fall back on those reactions. Choosing to respond in who we are, not falling back on those reactions. So we're going to feel these anxieties. And I'm going to mention this over and over, but know that these feelings, whatever we feel in anxiety, like those are real feelings because you're feeling them. But then how do we respond? What can be our plan of action? What can we do when faced with these different feelings of anxiety? And the first one kind of seems a little bit off, but it is to rejoice. When we're feeling anxious, we can rejoice. What now? I don't feel like rejoicing when I am feeling anxious. I, I don't know if I really coincide with that. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But here's the truth. We talked about our identity being in Christ. So then even in our lowest moments of feeling anxious, our identity has not changed in who we are in Christ. See, we, can, we, can, we are not being defined by those emotions, by that feeling of anxiety. We get to rejoice in the identity of Christ. We are defined by who we are in him, and that identity is unchanging. We get to rejoice in that time and time again. We're going to go into Philippians here. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Rejoice. Rejoice. Experiencing joy again. You see, joy is not just fixated on one moment. It's not like, oh, I'm experiencing joy, and this is the only time that I get to live in this joy. I will never think about it again. It is only this, so man, I better soak it up. No, we can experience that joy again. Our identity is unchanging. That joy is unchanging. That joy is still there, and I'm, I'm trying to unpack this in my mind. I'm thinking about ways to sort of illustrate this, and I came up with two different approaches. Here's the first one. Bear with me. Okay, here we go. Joy and time are both relative, okay? Stay with me, I know it's weird. Joy and time are both relative. See, time is relative because it can be affected by the gravitational pull and its relation to that. So at the same time, two different objects, both affected by time, can experience time differently. So when we think about that, we think that time is relative and joy is relative. Joy is not defined by the aspects of time that we think that we are locked into on a daily basis. So that's the first illustration. I hope you followed. The second one is this. <laughs> joy is a lot like leftover brisket. I think that one helped me more. <laughs> joy is a lot like leftover brisket. Leftovers. Leftovers that are better the second time around. Right? Like, I, I think 
I don't know, you might have your dish, like maybe it's Thanksgiving food, maybe it's soup, maybe it's lasagna, for me it's brisket. I just went home to my family in Pennsylvania and by my parents' house there's a place called The Meat Wagon. <laughs> yeah, you walk out of The Meat Wagon, people know what's in the bag, like it's not fruits and vegetables, like that's meat right there. <laughs> And so it was so, they had this brisket and we ate some and there was plenty left over and I reheated it the next day and all oh, the meat just soaked up all the juices and it was so good. And I think joy is the same way. Joy is better experienced the second time because there's always leftovers when it comes to joy. There's plenty to go around. Joy is a lot like leftover brisket. See, now we can experience joy again and again, maybe when it talks about rejoice, experiencing joy again, we can experience a past joy. We can realize that it's still the same joy, much like we're still the same in our identity in Christ. The joy has not changed. We can go back to that. But also we can rejoice in, in past joy of other people as well. Or maybe even current joys. Tonight, for instance, it, it just happened. My friend Ellie out there in the back, she came sprinting into the sanctuary tonight at the top of her lungs saying, I finally got it! I said, what'd you get? She goes, I got the Happy Meal toy I've been waiting five weeks for! It was the peak of happiness, and I got to experience that joy with her. It was so good. Instead of when we're feeling anxious, instead of just saying, like, how dare you feel joy? I'm feeling anxious. Say, no, I want to be a part of that as well. And what's beautiful is just like leftovers, there's plenty of joy to go around. It's not going to run out if we share it with other people. Let's rejoice together. Let's rejoice in the Lord together. Rejoice in the Lord because he loves us. Rejoice in the Lord because he is not done working in us. Rejoice in the Lord because he is not against us. Rejoice in the Lord because he is not done yet. It is to be continued. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Two great reminders back to back. Rejoice in who? The Lord. When? Always. But then there's this encouragement which can be also seen as something hard to kind of wrestle with or, or to overcome. And that is to let your gentleness be evident to all. Uh-oh. When I'm feeling anxious, I would not, I, I would not uh, sort of label my reactions as gentle. No, when I'm feeling anxious, I often lash out. I'll, I'll just kind of like spur out whatever's in my mind because I'm trying to get to the bottom of how I'm feeling. And it, it's just not super pretty. I would definitely not describe it as gentle. So saying, let your gentleness be evident to all. Ooh, that's a tough task. And maybe we're even sitting here and saying, I don't even know if I would identify myself as a gentle person. But here's the beautiful thing is that if we are members of the family of God, we have the Spirit of God living inside of us, and one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Gentleness. Yeah, on our own, it is difficult to be capable of gentleness. We might not see that as part of our identity, but our identity in Christ, in who we are in Him, through Him we are capable of showcasing gentleness that is evident to all. This is possible because the Lord is near. Right there at the end of that verse. The Lord is near. Find this the most encouraging of all because the Lord 
is near. The creator of all things is here. The, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the Almighty God is not far and distant away from us and we're just always trying to get to him. No, the Lord is here, right here and right now. He is near. Because whatever we're going through, whatever we're feeling in anxiety, know that we're not alone in that. Lord is with us in that. He is near as we go through those real emotions. And because he is near, we don't need to rely on how we, on how we react. We can instead dive into how are we responding, a response that is rooted in who we are in him because he is near. And in that, we can rejoice. The first response when faced with anxiety is, is to rejoice. The second is to pray to pray. Seeing this, this feeling of anxiety as an opportunity to pray to God, to have a conversation with God. And the beautiful thing about every conversation is there's two parts. There's the talking. You can tell I kind of like that part. But then there's also the listening as well. Listening to what God is saying. And often we can use prayer as sort of the last resort. We want to try to do everything that we can in our power. It's like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Let me read the articles. Let me talk to my friends, talk to my family. Really unpack it. Go through all these different things. Like, okay, that's not getting it done. All right, Lord, you can take a swing at it. I guess I'll just leave this up to you. See what you can do with it. We use prayer as sort of a last-ditch effort. But it doesn't need to be that. Instead, it can be our first response. As we continue on in chapter 4 of Philippians in verse 6, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can, we can read that right there and just say like, Ha! Anxiety is the enemy. It says it right there at the top of the verse. I see it. Ha! Found it. I don't think it, it's saying that. I think what it might be saying instead is, is God understanding that we are going to feel anxious. It's something that we're going to deal with that very real emotion. But then instead of saying, hey, hey, you can feel that, but you don't have to be that. We don't need to feel anxious. Instead, be not, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Transcends. Transcends meaning uh, it is over it. It is above it all. It is greater than it all. It is bigger than it all. Because the anxiety that we are feeling is real. However, the peace of God transcends all of that. It is over all of that that we are feeling, all those different anxieties is over it all and in such a way that it transcends even our own understanding. We can't comprehend it. We don't think that God can handle this, but no, when we pray to him, he, you bet he can handle that. You bet he can work in that. And his peace that will transcend our understanding, so we should be presenting our requests to God. So when we pray, what can we be asking God? We've been going through it. It says, ask God, what am I feeling? Because we have those days where we feel a little bit off. Like, can't quite put my finger on it. What am I, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? What am I feeling? But then ask, why am I feeling it? 
to help us deal with it, that there was probably something that happened or maybe there's something that God can reveal to us in that prayer of, of why am I feeling this? Why is this happening? Is it something that's coming up? Is it something that happened? Is it an interaction? Whatever it might be. Not blaming other people, but instead just seeing, okay, why is this my response? And then the last request to God is, might be the scariest, and that is, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? What am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? What do you want me to do? Because as soon as we ask that, what do you want me to do? It takes our control out of the equation. We, everything that we're, we're kind of grasping onto is no longer there. It's instead saying, no, God, I'm going to listen to what you're calling me into in this. God, how you want me to respond in this situation. What do you want me to do? Final action there that we can do when we feel anxiety is to think. See, the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. We can't always control what comes into our heads, but with the help of God, we can control what stays there. So to, to wrap up in Philippians 4 and verse 8, it says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. Now, in our everyday lives, it, it can be hard to find something that, that checks all these boxes here and everything that we just read. What is it in life that we can look to that we can see all of this? If only there was someone, if only there was a way that we could check off all these boxes that we could look to. All oh, right, Jesus exists. Ah, I can look to him. Now, I hope that you, you forgive my tone there, but I say it in a way that I sort of talk to myself because it's a reminder for me, yeah, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Yeah, does, does Jesus check off all these boxes? Is he true? Is he noble? Is, is he right? Is he pure? Is he lovely? Is he admirable? If he is excellent, is he worthy of our praise? Yeah. Yeah, he's worthy of our praise. So let's think about Jesus. Let's think about who he is. Let's think about what he has done. Let's think about what he promises to do. And this when it comes to these different hurdles that we have to come over with our anxiety in looking to Jesus. You know, we talked about it coming out of our control. You know, this might be the hardest one of all because it's just hard to see. Wait, we want to look to Jesus, but maybe we just can't quite see it because we think that there's all these other things that we have to do. It's like, yeah, I know I'm feeling anxious, but if I just take care of this one thing, then, then I'll stop feeling anxious and I'll be able to look to Jesus. Okay, I'm feeling anxious, but if I, can, if I can stop doing this, if I can get this right, if I can do X, Y, or Z, then I'm going to be able to think on Jesus more clearly. And then all this will go away and it will be fine. But the truth is that Jesus is already one. See, we don't need to, to take care of X, Y, or Z to look to him, to follow him. No, we're already children of God. He's already one. The, the, there's no need to feel like we have to check off these boxes. It's saying just look to him because he's right there. It's not that these things are between us and God. It's that God's right in front of us. We can look to him. We can think on him. And why is all that? It's because Jesus is near. 
He's already won. We are no longer defined by our anxieties. We are instead defined by Jesus. Know that this story, his story that he's calling us into, it hasn't ended. It is to be continued. See, we're reminded to to look to Jesus every time that we gather together and we come to the table in communion. Because we look to him and and we're, we're seeing what he has done for us. We see that he has conquered death. He's put sin to death once and for all by defeating the grave. And because of that, we're defined by him. We're defined by that love and that grace. So on the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup. He said, this is my new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you stand with me? We're going to just, we're going to sing a few more songs together before we wrap up the night. And if you're hearing all this and you just want prayer, in whatever these emotions that you're feeling and these anxieties, you know, we're saying that's how we can respond. We can respond in prayer and we can pray together for that. So when we pray together, we, we can then rejoice together, can share in our joys and, and lift each other up, being members of the family of God together. So if there's anything you want prayer for, or I'll be down here. I'd love to pray with you. But also if you're hearing all of this and you're saying, I don't know, like I'm just feeling really defined by my anxieties and I, I don't think I'm part of the family of God. I don't, I don't feel that. I don't feel that he is near. And so today's the day where you want to enter into the family of God. We'd love to celebrate that with you through baptism. We have the water behind me as well. With all this, know that we're feeling very real emotions, but God's peace, his love, his joy, his grace, it transcends everything that we're feeling. He's for us, not against us. God is for you. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this evening together. Lord, we thank you so much that you are greater than all these emotions that we are feeling. And Lord, we are not defined by them, but we are defined as members of the family of God. We are defined by your love. We are defined by your joy. We are defined by your grace, most of all. Lord, we thank you so much for that. And Lord, give us the courage, give us the strength that whenever we are faced with anxieties that we get to rejoice in the joys that you have given us, that we can pray to the Lord of lords, the Lord most high, the creator of all things, the true almighty God. And that Lord, because of that, we can think and look to Jesus. We can think and look to Jesus who is an example of everything that is good everything that sets our compass to to true north, that sets us to you as we go about our daily lives. Be with us as we go from this place. In your name we pray.
speak Jesus.